0: hello and welcome to the irish fire podcast i'm your host michael houghton i'm an entrepreneur investor and financial independence enthusiast sharing my financial freedom journey stay tuned and welcome aboard today's episode, we are going to look at my experiences of trying to buy a house in Ireland in 2022. Before we get started, just the usual disclaimer on the stuff that I am sharing my own experiences and hopefully this will guide you if you are currently in the housing market. Obviously it is definitely a seller's market out there at the moment, so I've kind of gone into the whole thing very much with an open mind, we already own our own primary residence and another investment property. So we were potentially looking to buy our third investment property. We were looking to buy this property within my web development company. I considered going through the pension route, but I just found that there was a lot of legal requirements there. It was a little bit vague in some cases, and not all financial advisors could really advise me on it. It didn't seem like something that was the norm. So I ended up giving up on that idea and instead just buying through the company. I did briefly consider buying through ourselves personally, but that would have resulted in basically paying that 50% tax to get the capital out needed that we needed to buy the property. So in the end, we decided, look, we could probably do this through the company fairly efficiently. And whilst it isn't perfect because there's some additional taxes that you can pay on rental income and so on. Overall, it seemed like the right thing to do for us to buy within a company. The main requirement was having that 30% deposit. So we basically had to look to get a 30% deposit together and the rest, there was actually very few requirements. They did ask for some paperwork in regards to our own personal situation, but the main thing was having that 30% deposit should just be noted. There is actually only one lender in Ireland that actually lends mortgages to corporations. And as a result of that, the interest rate is definitely higher than if I'd bought this property through my own name. Uh, The interest rate that I was quoted was actually around 4.65%. So it was definitely on the higher side. While that is obviously a risk in terms of if interest rates do go up in the future, which they likely will do, uh, I can kind of rest a little bit easy knowing that within a company, if I had to pay down that mortgage sooner rather than later, then I could do if I needed to. In terms of requirements, I wasn't too much worried about the type of house that we were going to get. I was more looking to get into the market as quickly as possible. And what I mean by that is I wanted us to be in a position where we could actually look and actively bid on properties and basically get that deposit saved up as quickly as possible. Given that we needed a 30% deposit, in my mind, you know, by the time you've got taken into account all the other costs, the legals, the stamp duty, uh, etc., then basically I would simply divide the price of the property by three and that would roughly work out how much I would need. So in the case of buying a, say an apartment for 120,000, then I would know I would need 40,000 euros to complete the sale. The mortgage provider that we used needed a minimum purchase price of 100,000 euros, which meant that I needed at least 33,000 euros to be able to get started and actively look at properties. Our biggest thing was actually location. So it was all about finding a house in the right areas. We had two core requirements. The first was that we did not want to engage in any bidding wars. If we were going to engage in a bidding war that we were probably going to be overpaying or paying more than what we wanted to. And so we would go in, we would have our price. And if we got outbid, so be it. We also found that we would be bidding against cash buyers and first time buyers and truthfully we just didn't feel like it was right of us to be trying to compete against first-time buyers. We felt like first-time buyers were going to be more emotionally attached to the property and who were we to look to outbid them. So we just had a simple rule that we really weren't going to engage in any bidding wars. We would set our own price in our head when we looked at the property and if the property was already above that then so be it. We didn't lose too much sleep, we accepted it and we moved on. It should just be noted as well that Whilst our preference wasn't to buy an apartment, we were open to it, so it wasn't like we were against buying apartments. We felt, at least at the beginning, that maybe apartments would have less competition. It turned out that that wasn't necessarily the case, but we certainly were open to buying an apartment. Preference though, was definitely a three-bedroom semi-D, and if we could get one of a south or west-facing garden, then that was going to be a big bonus as well. But again, it wasn't a hard requirement. We were certainly open uh, in regards to the type of property that we were looking to buy. So back in November last year, I had started increasing my income. And by January, we'd got to a stage where we had a bit of money saved up within the company account. So I reached out to our mortgage broker and basically said, look, we'd like to start looking at property. And at that stage, we were good for say 120, 125,000 euros. I got a letter from him basically saying, yep, we've worked with Michael before and having viewed his accounts, we think he should be good for it. What I've noticed since buying our last property in 2020 is that auctioneers seem to be looking for a lot more paperwork when placing an offer or a bid than they used to. So it used to kind of be done just on a handshake, whereas I started to notice that, that auctioneers were looking for some sort of confirmation that you, you know, had the funds or at least some sort of approval in place. So I guess we felt with this letter that we've kind of done enough for that for now. We didn't want to go through the process of putting in a formal approval because, you know, it's a bit of paperwork and we didn't really have an address to put down. So away we went and we started looking at properties. We bid on a few two-bedroom apartments with guide prices of around 115,000 euros in the city and we quickly got outbid on them. Even apartments where I'd called and said, hey, is there any bids been on this yet? And the auctioneer would say no. They may have been sitting there for a few weeks. By the time we end up looking at the property two or three days later, lo and behold, we were in a bidding war. At one point, we were bidding in a property in Castle Troy. It definitely did need a little bit of work, but we were happy enough for the location and we held to our price. We got outbid and we walked away from it. And lo and behold, two or three months later, I get a phone call to say that that bidder had pulled out. And, you know, were we still interested? And so I kind of knew that that tended to happen here and there, which was another reason why we were keen to avoid the bidding wars just in the off chance that the auctioneer did come back. And certainly when they do come back, they're a lot more sheepish than they are the first time around. So it can be a good opportunity if you get the right price in at that point. Finally, I found two apartments for sale in Meru and the apartments were actually in the same block. There were two apartments right next to each other. and. Whilst there were two different vendors, it was the same auctioneer, so I kind of thought, well, maybe this is an opportunity to bid and not get engaged in a bidding war if there's two apartments, because really, I'm not going to be too worried about which apartment that we bid on. It did concern me a little why there were two different apartments selling at the same time. You know, I thought maybe there was something going on, but from what I could gather, all seemed okay. We looked at both and I put an offer on one of the three bedroom apartments and they would originally been looking on Daft at least for 120000 By the time that I got home that evening, I noticed that the asking price had gone up to 125000 on Daft. So at this point, I hadn't actually made an offer. I just expressed an interest, but I noticed that the guide price had changed. And so this is kind of rule number one that I learned, is that the guide price that you see on Daft or the price that you see on Daft isn't necessarily the price that the vendor is looking for. You could almost refer to it in some cases as a starting price. So, I put an offer in of 120,000, which was the original price on DAFT, thinking, well, that's the right thing to do. I waited a week and I spoke with the auctioneer, and she mentioned that the vendor was looking in the region of 130,000 plus. While there weren't any offers yet, if I was prepared to make a higher offer, we could potentially look to move to sale to greed. So, I sat in it for a, a few days and finally I thought, right, well, look, if we can close out on this, then why shouldn't I be trying to close out on this before any potential bidding war comes in? So I went back and I offered 10,000 more and I was keen to really get the apartment off the market and go sale to greed. And what came back, I never expected. I received an email from the auctioneer to say, yes, our offer has been accepted in principle. However, the vendor wanted formal lending approval before we moved to sale agreed, And until that time, the apartment was still on the market. In other words, they will accept our bid. However, we needed formal acceptance and until then, anyone else can come along and in theory, engage with us in a bidding war. We were basically sitting ducks. My whole purpose of offering over the asking price in the first place was to negotiate directly with the vendor and rule out any third party offers. I was now relying on no other bidders coming along and had no other cards left on the table. I spent 90 minutes that evening filling out a buy-to-let application. Thankfully, I had most of the documentation we needed, but still, it is a big form. I fired off the email to our mortgage broker and thought, right, maybe this will take a week and hopefully we can get that property secured. I mentioned earlier that there is only one lender that lends through a company. And because pretty much everybody needs formal approval just to bid on a property these days, you can imagine there are a lot of applications in the queue. I was told, They had staff shortages, which is why there might be a delay. I don't believe that. It's more a reflection on the sheer number of buyers in the market at the moment. I chased every second day. It was stressful, and I was annoying. In the end, it took six weeks for the mortgage application to finally be approved. By that stage, another buyer had offered $135,000 on the apartment, and that had been accepted. I had been a sitting duck and had lost the only trump card I had The ability to move quickly. Disappointed, I moved on. The positive thing, I had saved more, having buying power now near 160,000 euros. I also had formal approval, yes, for only buying at 130k, but still, I had the process started. If I were to change address on the application, it wouldn't take as long to process, at least I've been told. With a higher budget, I was able to find more properties, I would spend 20 minutes every evening on daft, I would use the buy locations near me to get an idea on the location and determine if a property was too far away. One listing came up in the village of Cappermore. It was 19 minutes away from me on a pretty good road. It definitely met my definition of being a commuter town. It was a three-bedroom terrace house with a south-facing garden. There was only two pictures with no pictures of the inside. The description mentioned that the house wasn't in need of renovation. Normally when there's no pictures on the inside, there is something to hide. In this case, the description didn't say there was any major work required. The description also failed to note the self facing garden. It amazes me how many listings don't promote this about a property in Ireland. I felt like maybe the property had been under-marketed. I called the auctioneer. The house was listed for 160000 with a current offer of 150000 I asked him how the inside was. He said it had been rented, so as you might expect from a rental. I knew that could mean anything, but I scheduled a viewing that Friday morning. I've learned to suit up, or at least wear nice clothes. I had originally been looking at houses in my usual sweatpants, but I found myself trying to explain to the auctioneer that I only do this because I'm working from home. Having also recently upgraded our car to a 2013 model versus a 2006 we had previously, it definitely seems to have made a difference in first impressions. I rocked up to the house and went in and was pleasantly surprised. The property wasn't quite in turnkey condition, but it certainly didn't need major renovations. I had a look around, asked some questions, and then I said I was interested. Said something like, I know there's another offer already. What would he advise? In fairness, he was extremely honest and said the vendor was looking for 155000 at the minimum. I explained I would make an offer, but said I would do it via email so I could send him proof of our financial application and would make the bid formally that way. I got home and emailed our bid price of 155,000 with the documents I had. I was technically short a few grand because the mortgage application was slightly less than what we were looking to buy, but I explained that I could supply further proof of the funds if required. I was also very aware of the other bid for 150k and thought I would likely find ourselves in a bidding war soon enough. I missed a call from the auctioneer at around 4:30 that evening. I hadn't even noticed a missed call. I called him back at around half five, expecting news of the bidding war, but I was told instead the happy news that our offer had been accepted. In the end, we managed to secure a three bedroom, two bathroom house close to Limerick with a south facing garden for $155,000 in a very tough buying market. It wasn't easy, there was an element of luck, no doubt, but overall, our strategy of avoiding the bidding wars, moving quickly, and widening the net when it came to location pulled off. And whilst we haven't signed contracts yet, And there's still a chance a deal could fall through for one reason or another. The experience overall has been positive and I can hopefully continue to adopt this strategy moving forward as we look to buy more properties in the future. Hopefully my experience will be able to help you if you are currently looking to buy property in 2022. As always, if you have any questions on this episode, drop me a line at michael@firepodcast.ie, And if you haven't already, feel free to check out firepodcast.ie and you can subscribe to my monthly newsletter to keep in touch. I look forward to catching you on the next episode.